Well, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this night. I thank you for a time in your presence, Father. I thank you that your peace is flooding this house tonight, Father. I thank you that your peace is flooding your people tonight. Father, I thank you that we can come into your presence without guilt or shame, but we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. We can come boldly to your throne to worship you as your sons and daughters. Father, I thank you that if we take the time that we will hear from heaven. If we're listening, you are trying to speak to us and you have so much to say to us. Father, I thank you that we took this time and we'll take every day and take some time not just to cry out to you and to ask you to do things for us, but to take time to listen to you. Our answer is right there. Father, I thank you that you you speak to your people tonight through your word. Father, I thank you that we've prepared our hearts to receive your word tonight. This is your word. Your word is living and powerful, and it will truly change our lives. And maybe this is a deep revelation for anyone. Maybe it is. But, Father, I thank you that we can extract everything you want us to tonight, and it will bring life to us and peace to us and strength to us and health to us in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you, and you get all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' holy name, amen? Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be back in the pulpit, I will tell you that. Preaching isn't something I do, it's something that's in the inside of me, amen? And we've had a lot of great word coming from the pulpit lately, amen? Um, Pastor just did a... uh, sermon series of coming out of the cave and I got so much out of that and just the the word that's been coming is rich and it will help and it will change our lives if we allow the word to work in us amen but so many times we hear it, it's a good word we'll take it from the day and then we just continue on our busy days and our lives and Sam talked about walking in love and Kent talked about walking in life and light and being the light of the world. Pastor talked about man's authority. Dr. Branzig talked about being in Christ. There has been great word coming from the pulpit. And then I say, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? But I've been t- thinking about what's been being preached, and I want it for my life. I want it for everyone's life, but I can't choose for anyone. We have to choose for ourselves, amen? But as I was just listening to it, and, you know, one of the things that hit me so strong is there were 600 in the cave, 400, and then 600, and then 37. Only 37 names were written. 37. And that hit me. If we have given our lives to Jesus Christ then our name should be one of those names of being faithful, mighty men and women of valor, standing firm when we don't feel like standing, standing firm when the circumstances come, amen? I've just been seeking the Lord on what he wants because this is his word. We're his. We don't get to do what we want. We can choose to, but we're going to fall, and we're going to fail, and we're going to fall on our faces, right? But as I was seeking the Lord, the Lord started talking to me about robbers, that steal God's abundant life. And I thought, whoa, Lord, 
what are some of the robbers that are stealing God's abundant life from his people? And then you start looking and you see there are a lot of things that steal from God's people. John 10.10, I'm going to read it in a couple translations. The Lord started dealing with me on a couple of different ones. And like I said, there are so many things that Satan uses, the enemy uses to try to steal the life that God has for you. He made you. He pre-designed you for his glory, for his plan, for his purpose. And Satan wants to steal that from you. Only we can allow Satan to steal that from him, us. Amen? So John 10.10, 10, we all know this very well. The thief does not come to, except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they have it more abundantly. John 10.10 10 in the New Living Translation says it this way. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. John 10.10 10 in the Amplified Classic Version says it this way. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. So the question tonight is, are our lives overflowing with God's blessings, with God's provision, with God's promises? That's a question I started asking myself. Lord, does my life represent what you have, the best that you have for me? And so I started talking to the Lord about what are some of the things that rob God's blessings, rob your abundant life for each and every one of us? He gave me three things, fear, doubt, and pride. There are lots of different things that we can look at, a ton of them. But fear steals, fear kills, and fear destroys. Doubt steals, kills, and destroys. And pride will steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? Anybody agree with that? Yeah. These are some of the things that the Lord's been talking to me about they're happening in the body of Christ. My dad and I were talking about a couple different things, and he was giving me statistics and about just the body of Christ and tithing and serving and different things like that. And I thought, how sad is it if the body of Christ could get just the simple things? But then the Lord started talking to me about Satan is lying to people, and they're buying the lie. Satan is trying to kill God's work, and we're buying the lie. Not all of us, and not in every area. But then it, the Lord said, step back and look at your life. I, can't, I can sit and point out something in everyone's life, but then there's a lot pointing back at me. It's time that we take accountability for us. Amen? It's time to stop Satan from stealing from us and from robbing from us and from destroying the life that God has for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. So, we're going to go to Matthew 14, 22 through 33. There's a lot of things that the Lord pointed out, but I really want you to listen to this. And, you know, this is where we can get in trouble with pride. I've heard this before. Yep, and you're going to hear it again tonight. The scripture is living, and you're going to pull something out of it. And if you don't, that's not my fault. 
And that's not God's fault. That's your fault. I'm just being real, right? But you know what? If I sit in the chair and I don't pull something out that will change my life and help me, that's my fault. So when I say the word is living and powerful, it absolutely is. And I want the power of God in my life. And I want God's abundant life flooding and I want his best in my life. I don't want to settle for less, amen? And we, you shouldn't either. Matthew 14, 22 Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was, not, was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so and he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him and saying, Truly you are the Son of God. So, I started asking the Lord, why, why this scripture? Why this one? Jesus immediately came walking on the water, right? And they were in the boat. There was not a boat left for Jesus to take, so I don't know what they expected, right? Has anybody been in a position? I know when we were kids, we were always like, when you would get afraid, you would say, you go look. No, you go look. I don't know what it is. You go look, right? Has anybody done that? We usually sent the youngest, my youngest brother. You go look. Um, but they were afraid. They thought it was a ghost coming to them. And who wouldn't be afraid? Somebody is walking on the water. Like, you don't see this ever, right? So they were afraid. And they cried out for what? Fear. Immediately, fear gripped them. They were just with Jesus. He fed the multitudes. And then all of a sudden, they're already in fear because he's not with them. And they're seeing this. Where was their faith already? Jesus said immediately, be of good courage. It is I. Immediately, the words of Jesus calmed them. Immediately, the words of Jesus can calm us if we allow them to. That's important to see that. Sometimes we skip right over that part. But he said, be of good courage, be of good cheer. It's me. It's okay. It's me. Don't be afraid. When we're walking with Jesus, how many times do we hear that? Don't be afraid. Fear not, for I am with you. Don't be afraid. Walk in faith. Believe me. It's me. But the words calm them. Amen? And then what happened? Peter said, well, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. 
Peter stands up boldly and says, hey, if it's you, Lord, then you command me to come. Maybe a little bit of pride there. Jesus is walking on water. Maybe he got bold in his faith. I don't know. doesn't say. But he said, if it's you, command me to come. And Jesus, with his word, said, come. If you're going to act on faith and you're going to tell me to command you, I'm going to command you, come. The words of Jesus, right? So Peter steps out of the boat on water. He defied all odds right there by stepping out of the boat. How many of us are willing to step out of the boat and defy all odds because Jesus said, come? These are important words that we skip over so many times. He stepped out. He acted on the word. Faith calls us to action. Amen? He defied what he felt. He defied the winds blowing the waves. He didn't look at anything except Jesus. He trusted his God. He trusted the one that he had been with. Amen? And then what happened? He was doing the impossible. And then the wind became, and the, the waves became boisterous. They weren't itty-bitty waves. They were crashing. They were big. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and saw the circumstance coming. And immediately what happened? He began to sink. When we step off the boat in faith and we start doing the impossible, the enemy is going to try to steal what God is doing to kill and to destroy your faith. And Peter took his eyes off Jesus. He saw the circumstance and he began to sink. Jesus immediately reached down and picked him up. Immediately. I don't know where anyone's at tonight. But when we cry out to the Lord, Jesus is immediately going to pick us up. Maybe you are sinking. Maybe you're defying all odds, walking the impossible. But we have to be prepared that Satan is going to try to come and steal anything he possibly can. He is going to try to destroy anything he possibly can. And then Jesus said, why did you doubt me? I commanded you to do it on what you said. It was what Peter said. Lord, command me. And Jesus said, come. Peter doubted Jesus, but Peter doubted himself. He said, I can do this. Lord, just, I'll, I'll do it. But he looked at himself. Those are some key things that we should see, Amen. The Lord saved him. Where was your faith at when you stepped out, that faith when you stepped out of the boat? Where was the faith that you had that defied all odds of you walking out of the water? That's what Jesus was saying. Where was that faith at? Where was your faith in my word? Where's our faith in his word tonight, amen? When they got in the boat, what happened? The winds and the waves ceased. The storm stopped. There is going to be a time that the storm is going to stop. Have faith in that. 
there's going to be a time when you stand and you stand and you stand and you don't give in and you don't allow Satan to lie and steal from you and the storm is going to stop. I believe this is a right now word for each and every one of us. The more I hear from people, the more they're going through storms. Storms are rising up on the body of Christ, and there is going to be a point in time that they have to cease. They have to. Amen? Fear and doubt robbed Peter of God's best. What would have happened? What would have happened? Would Peter have walked all the way to Jesus? And what would Jesus have, would have said to him walking back on the water to the boat? He was robbed because of fear, because of doubt of God's best for him. What is Peter known for right now? Sinking. He sunk. I don't want to be known for sinking. I want to be known for standing, amen? What does fear rob us of? What does fear do? Fears come up. There's fear of the unknown. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own troubles. We're supposed to trust in the Lord today. Amen? People are fear of the unknown. With everything that's going on in the world, people have anxiety more than ever, depression more than ever, because they don't know what's going to happen to them. We know what's going to happen to us. We're going to be with Jesus. We're going to have the victory. We already have the authority. We're going to be able to stand when nothing else stands. Why? Because Jesus' word says we will. We're standing on the words of Jesus. That come, that's for us. That stand, that's for us. That believe, that's for us. Amen? This is a big one for a lot of people. And the more I'm with people, the more I see it in different ways. The fear of failure. Failure. Failure from what? People are worried and scared about failing their God. You can't fail God unless you say, I don't want you anymore, or I'm not getting back up, or I'm not serving you, or I'm not going to your house. I'm just done with you. Then you failed God. But you're not a failure. I hear people say, I don't want to fall short. You can't fall short of the glory of God because Jesus is the glory and you're in Christ. You don't fall short anymore. You can't fail if you're in Christ. Amen? Failure is gripping people. Failure of relationships. Failure of not doing the right thing with your children. Failure of not being the best at your job. Failure that this, this might not work. Failure is gripping people. You're not going to fail. Just keep trying. And if you make a mistake, get back up and keep going and learn from it. Amen? Don't let fear grip you from failure because you're not going to fail. If you keep Christ at the center, you'll never fail. Amen? Failure or fear of your past. Your past. That creates fear. What if somebody's going to find out about me? Who cares? I've stood up here and said, I'm not qualified to sit up here if it's my past that keeps me. I'm in trouble because I was awful and I did a lot of things. 
I was the heathen. But you know what? It's not my past. I'm in Christ. I'm a brand new creation. I'm not going to let the fear of my past and everything I've done grip me from what God wants me to do today and tomorrow and the next because not only are fears gripping you, you're not doing what God wants you to do for someone else because you're so gripped with fear. It's time to break this stuff off of us and start standing in the glory of the Lord where we're supposed to stand, amen? Yes, I have a fire on the inside of me tonight because I'm tired of seeing people lose and Satan steal from them something that he doesn't have authority to take. He's a bully and he's not going to win because Jesus already defeated him, amen? Fear of being unaccepted, fear of being unworthy, fear of being hurt. You've been hurt by the church. You've been hurt by people. You've been hurt, 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 hurt. You know what? I could say, who's been hurt in the church and see how many hands were raised, right? I'm sure everybody would raise their hands. Okay, so if we're going to be real, who's hurt someone else? Sometimes it's unintentional. We don't even know it. Sometimes it's intentional. We're all in the same boat. We have been hurt, and we have hurt. But don't let that fear of getting close or, or serving the Lord or doing something stop you because you've been hurt or you've hurt someone. Let's cut it off tonight, amen? Let's sever that. That's junk, and it's a lie. Guess what? You're going to hurt someone, and someone's going to hurt you. It's called life. What people say or think. The only thing that matters is what God says and what God thinks. We have to get that mentality. You know what? The last, one of the last times I preached, I left here and I was so gripped by, I don't know what they thought. That was a fear that rose up on the inside of me. And the Lord started dealing with me that said, you're called to be pleasing to me, not to them. You're called to do what I ask you to do. Don't let fear stop what God is trying to do through you and for you. Amen? Loneliness. A fear of being alone. I'm, I might not even get into doubt. A fear of being alone. When does the attack come most of all? When you're alone. When you're alone. In Christ, you're never alone. Never. What Nick was singing, just spend time and listen. You'll never feel alone if you're in Christ Jesus, but you have to sit and listen to him and let him be the lover of your heart. Let him be the lifter of your head. Let him speak to you. Let him help you. Let him comfort you. Let him be the, your absolute God, your savior, your helper. Let the Holy Ghost flood on the inside of you. You're never alone. And I'm telling you, that is a lie from the pit of hell that separates you from other people. It'll separate you from other people. Your circumstances bring fear. I don't know what's going to happen. When my mom found out she had cancer last year, that fear of What's going to happen to my mom, my best friend? The one who, because of my mom praying, I'm standing here today. What's going to happen to her? 
And it was a moment that I had to decide, am I going to allow fear to stop me from my faith and believing that God is still the healer? If he's done it once, he's going to do it again? My mom is in remission and doing great because God is faithful. That's where the stand comes in. Are we going to allow our circumstances create a fear that grips us so tightly that we step out of faith? Remember, we stepped into this by faith. We stepped into Christ by faith. We can step out of Christ by doubt and fear. Amen? What do we do when fear is gripping us? We go to the Lord. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. What spirit has he given us? Power. He's given us the power to say, Fear, you have to leave in Jesus' name. He has given us love. I know I'm loved by my God. I know he's called me and anointed me, and he wants me to do something for him. I know he loves me even when I make a mistake, even when I fall on my face, even when I hurt someone and I don't mean to. He still loves me. And that same spirit's on the inside of me to love someone else. Amen? And he has given me the spirit of a sound mind. Fear can grip our minds. And fear can come onto our bodies. And we'll see sickness come on us. We'll see anxiety and depression and all these things come on, all because we believed a lie from Satan who is trying to steal and kill and destroy God's abundant life for us. Are you being encouraged that it's time to wake up and say, okay, if this is fear, this is not from you, Lord. How do I combat it? I have a sound mind in Jesus' name. Amen? I have power to defeat you because you're under my feet. Jesus already won the victory. Amen? I don't even have to do anything but say, you're a defeated foe, Satan. You're a liar and a thief, and you have no room here. Amen? Isaiah 41, it says, fear not, for I am with you. God says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. If you have called on the name of the Lord, he is your God. There is no reason to fear. Amen? The creator of the heavens and the earth called you, created you in his very own image, and said, don't fear, I'm with you. But not only I'm with you, I'm in you. My spirit lives on the inside of you. Amen? Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I'm always with you. You won't ever be lonely in Christ. Amen? The next one is doubt. I didn't realize how much doubt has an effect on so many people, even me included. So many people in the world, they won't receive Jesus because they doubt God's real. They doubt Jesus is even real. So right there is a doubt. I don't know if he's real. I don't know if I believe that. Satan's robbing from them and a life that God created for them. That's one lie right out of the pit of hell. We're going to spend eternity somewhere. I don't know if you're a real God. John 20, I want you to see something. I want to talk about Thomas. What is Thomas known for? He's known for doubting. So 
Maybe you don't even believe God is real. Maybe you don't believe that Jesus actually came. Maybe you don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. The word said he does. But in John 20, I kind of snickered at this one because he's known as Doubting Thomas. He wasn't there when Jesus returned after the resurrection, right? John 20, 24. Now Thomas, called the twin, and one of the twelve, was not with him when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand onto his side, I will not believe. I won't believe unless I see for sure that he is alive and he has rose from the dead, right? And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them, Jesus came, and the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, I love Jesus, because, you know, even if we're saying it in our head, when the Lord starts speaking to us, you're like, Oh, you know, you were there when I was saying that, Lord. He hears you. Jesus said, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who, believe, who have not seen and yet believed. You're blessed if you believe without seeing the final step. You're blessed if you're seeing and knowing that God is real and God's promises are always yes and amen, even when you don't see them yet. Even when you don't see them. You're blessed if you believe because guess what? They're coming. People allow Satan to make them doubt that they might not ever see the blessings of the Lord. And God is trying to get his best to them. And he's saying, you're blessed if you believe. We didn't get to see Jesus when he came back from the dead, did we? But we're blessed because we said, we know you're real. Why? Because he touched my life. He transformed me. He created me to be something that I was not. And he loved me. Even when I was still in sin, he loved me. And I believe that he's real because he has changed me forever. I'll never be the same because of Jesus. And I'm okay with that. Amen? But Thomas is known for doubting. Doubt isn't always, I don't know if I believe you're real. Doubt sometimes comes in the form of, I don't know if you will, God. I don't know if you will. Is that true? I just don't know. I don't know if that's for today, Lord. I know your word said people were healed. By the multitudes, they were healed. You fed multitudes. Your word says this. I just don't know if you still do it today. And I don't know if you still will. The one person that said, if it's your will... And Jesus, his response was, it is my will. Be healed. It is my will. It's always my will to heal. Don't let doubt rob you from what God has. And it's not just healing. 
It's provision in every area of your life. Will he? Absolutely. If he is word and he said he would. Amen? One of the biggest things the Lord has been talking to me about is, God, will you for me? For me. Take all other people aside. God, are you willing to do it for me? Because you know what I did, and you know who I was. And, and you know, I just, I just don't know if you can do it for me. How many know that it's easier to pray for someone else and believe God for them because you love them and you want to see God move in their lives? And then it comes to you and you go, I don't know if you can do it for me, Lord. I mean, I saw you do it for them. I believed you for it, and then I saw the fruit of it. I saw them healed. I just don't know if you can do it for me, Lord. That is robbing from people every day. God, I don't know if you can use me. He created you fit for the master's use. Of course he wants to use you. It might not be in the same capacity as Pastor Brian. It might not be in the same capacity as Dale. Will you for me, Lord? Yes, I will. But it's not for us to do what we want. It's for us to do what he wants. He has a plan and purpose for his use, for his glory, for him to get to someone else. Amen? Will you for me, Lord? That comes with insecurity. That's pride in different forms. I don't know if you will for me. That's pride. We walk by what we see and by what we feel. I just don't feel that you're going to do that. I just don't feel like you can today, Lord. I don't feel your presence. You carry his presence. You're a host of his presence every day you walk around with the Holy Ghost. We don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by what we feel. We walk by what we believe. Amen? In Mark 19, 14, there was a man and his son had seizures and he was convulsing all the time. And I'm just going to shorten this up for you. Go back and look. It's in Mark 9, 14 through 27. And the man said to Jesus, Jesus was asking him questions on, you know, how long has this been happening? What's going on? And the man says, since he was a child, since he was born. And the man said, if you can heal him. If, if you can, right? There's a form of doubt. If you can. And Jesus answered him, and this is really key. If you can believe. Are we at if tonight? Lord, if you can, I, I, I believe, but if you can. Get the if right out of the way. Jesus said he can and he will. Amen? And Jesus instantly said, if you can believe, and the man said this, I believe, help my unbelief. We're called believers, but there are time, there's times that we need help with our unbelief. Lord, I believe you're the healer. I just don't know if you can do it for me. Unbelief causes doubt, and doubt causes the thief to steal and rob and to kill and destroy the best that God has for you. Maybe you don't need a healing today, but maybe you need finances. I don't know if you can, Lord. Well, God can do it supernaturally. Jesus said, go to the fish and get the coin. I mean, go get it. Can, 
if, if you can, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. We're believers. Don't be so prideful that we can't say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I am lacking in this area. I need your help today, Lord, because not one of us is perfect and not one of us has it all together. Amen? Pride robs Matthew 13, 53 through 58. Jesus went back to Nazareth, went back to his own town. And they mocked him and said, aren't you the carpenter's son? Aren't these your brothers and this your mother? Jesus could barely do anything there because of pride. They said, we know you. We know what you used to do. We knew what you did when you were a kid. We knew who you are. We know your family. Satan robbed those people from God's best. A few were healed, but it wasn't even anything major. One of the things people say is, I know everything. They're not going to teach me anything. Guess what? We all have something to learn. That is a lie that Satan wants to steal and to kill and to destroy what God wants to get through you. God used a donkey. A donkey. Why can't he use us? Don't let pride get in the way of thinking you know too much or I don't need to go here or I don't need to go and listen. I don't need to go to church or I don't need to do this or I don't need to read my Bible. Satan is lying to you. Yes, you do. We all need Jesus every day of our lives. <laughs> Amen? Don't let fear steal from you. Don't let doubt and pride come in because when you start to allow those to come in, you quit walking on the word and you start sinking. Your faith decreases and decreases until finally you're like, I can't swim anymore, Lord, help me. And he's saying, I'm right here. You ready to go? Let's get you back up on your feet. Don't let failure come in. You're not a failure. Don't let insecurity come in. Amen? Read the word. Speak the word. Act on the word. That is what's going to stop Satan. You're going to speak the word, but you have to read the word to be able to speak the word. And then when you speak the word, you have to act on the word. Things can happen. And the biggest thing we can do is kick Satan in the face and say, you're under my feet. You've already been defeated. I am going to speak the word. I'm going to stand on the word, and I'm going to act on the word. And don't ever forget, Satan, that Jesus defeated you. And all of heaven knows that you have been defeated. And you know you've been defeated, Satan. And all of hell knows that you've been defeated. Now I know that you've been defeated. That's the stance we need to take as believers. If heaven knows and Satan knows and hell knows, then the believers should know that Satan is a defeated foe and he is under our feet. And Jesus already has the victory. It's already been won. It's already been taken care of. So don't let Satan steal from you anymore. And if he starts to steal from him, kick him back to where he belongs, under your feet. Don't even take time with him. Amen? It's time for the body of Christ to start winning. You're worth so much more. Amen? Don't let him rob from you anymore. Amen? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. 
I thank you for life. I thank you for your abundant life that you want the very best for each and every one of us, Lord. Father, we choose to not let fear and doubt and pride come in and steal and rob from the life that you have for us, Lord. Father, we just thank you for all you're doing. Father, I thank you that we can humbly say, Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. Help us, help us in areas that we're slacking in or lacking in, or maybe we just we don't have the faith to get through that. Help us in those areas, Lord. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. We'll never be alone. We'll never fail because we're in Christ Jesus and Christ, you are in us. I thank you, Father, for opening our eyes to this word today, that as the body we stand up and we stand for what is truth, even if we don't see it and even if we don't feel it, because we know we can step back into that boat and this storm is going to cease. It has to cease, and what we're going through has to cease in Jesus' name. And I thank you that as we go through it, we're built and we're encouraged, and we mature in the word of God, and we mature in your spirit, Father. Father, we just give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen? Amen. Amen.